Hey everybody, just want to give you a quick heads up. We're going to take a break from our normal release schedule. Uh, I'm going to be releasing a game called Self Help. Uh, it was run by Kevin a little while back. It's a Call of Cthulhu scenario. It was originally a shotgun scenario uh, back in 2014. I'll put a link up in the show notes if anybody wants to check that out. It was written by Eric Rodriguez. Uh, this is going to run for three weeks and then we'll get back to our regular schedule. So we hope you enjoy it and we'll catch you next time. Hi, I'm Mike Mason and I'm with Legends of Tabletop. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we're doing a special uh, one-shot Call of Cthulhu game tonight because Kevin is stranded uh, while he's on call for work. So we're going to get a little bit of gaming in tonight. So I'm going to kick it over to him, let him uh, describe the scenario, and then we'll intro our characters. Okay, so we're going to do a Call of Cthulhu one-shot. We're going to set it in the 20s, and we're going to set it in Reston, Virginia. You've... Um, You've all received a telegram from a the wife of a mutual friend asking you to come over to their house because she has something that she needs to ask you about uh, and a favor she needs to ask of you. So let's go and introduce the characters. So we'll go left to right on the screen. So Danny's first. All right. Hey, everybody. Um, I'm going to be playing Madame Blanca. I am a Romanian fortune teller that travels around the States. I got there because I consoled a widower and uh, I have been making my living going to rich people's house and entertaining them for their parties. Although I do send most of my money back to Romania. Okay, so next would be John. All right, this is John. I'm playing Henry Livingston. He is a, uh, you know, born in the South, you know, died in the wool Southerner. He's a, a college professor, a little bit of a, you know, dilettante style, like Southern gentleman kind of kind of situation. Okay, and then Neil? Uh, this is Neil. Uh, I'll be playing Rock Garrett. He's uh, an older private investigator who's sort of washed up and just riding things out at this point. Um, yeah, that's about it. Okay. So you've all received a telegram from the wife of Daniel Webb. Uh, her name is Catherine. So you've all received a telegram from Catherine Webb asking you to please come over to, uh, her house because she has some issues with Daniel that she would like to discuss with you. Uh, so Daniel is an artist and he usually draws um, comics and um, kind of profiles for the local newspaper. So if there's a story and they don't have any, I'm trying to think of the time, they don't have necessarily lots of photojournalism at the time. So they, they rely on people to draw portraits of either the, the people in the news or events or things like that. So... He's uh, pretty well known in the Reston area for doing that. And then also he, um, on the side, he kind of does independent art drawings. He uh, 
he draws kind of I was going to say kitschy or but he, he you know he does um, kind of requests from clients on the side uh, they put in requests for different pieces of art drawings for him to do so she uh, Catherine sends a telegram to you and she would like you to come talk to her at her house so they live kind of on the outskirts of Reston, not in the city itself. At this time, I guess they wouldn't necessarily be suburbs, but it's kind of the the little bit more rural part of the city out from the city center itself. So um, I don't think we really have to do anything about getting there. You all, you all know, I'm assuming maybe, so uh, Professor Livingston, I don't know if maybe you know him just from either being in the newspaper locally, I don't know if you're um, maybe a someone a valued resource for the newspaper that they come to discuss different news events about, or if um, maybe Daniel went to went to school, maybe he was a, you you were one of his professors. I don't know which one you would kind of lean towards. Is he a younger guy? Yeah, he's probably um, in his late twenties. Okay, yeah, we could say maybe he was a student. Um, Henry's a uh, history professor. Okay, history. So maybe he was uh, taking like a 101 type class, like a, you know, basic level class. And, and is there any specific focus on the history you do or? Uh, uh, no, history. Okay. <laughs> I just didn't like know generally history, like, you know, um, I mean, he he would teach like the higher level classes as well. So it's not just like, oh, this is, you know, American history or Civil War history. It's just like generally history, whatever they need for him to teach. Okay. I just didn't know if there was anything specific in your uh, your character background that would lean one way or the other. I mean, he's probably well versed on Civil War history, considering where they are. <laughs> yeah, I was um, going to say that's good. Yeah. But you know, he's, he's I was gonna I was gonna say Babylonian pottery. <laughs> <laughs> I do have archaeology. Just that. That's all he do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Madame Blanco would know Daniel just from so some of the some of the discussions you're gonna have with Catherine, you'll there is a tie in that Madame Blanca knows Daniel, so they are acquainted. And I would think um Mr. Garrett would probably have been called by Catherine herself. So maybe you don't know, you know, there's not that the friendship or the acquaintanceship before, but if you were a PI, she would probably call you for the time, you know, I don't think you would necessarily call the, the police as much for a missing person or anything like that. So I think, I think uh, Catherine called you specifically just to come just because she saw your ad in the newspaper or, or something like that. Makes sense. Okay. So I'm going to say you all show up at Catherine's house. It's a, a, a fairly nice house. Uh, she asked you all to come in, and so you're sitting in the, the front room. Uh, so everybody comes in, and she says, would, uh, would anybody like anything to drink before we get started? Some vodka, please, straight up. Okay, vodka. Would any, any of the gentlemen like anything to drink? Oh, mint and julep, of course. Okay, we have to give me a couple of minutes. I will grab that. Mr. Garrett, would you like anything? Eric kind of shakes his head a bit. Whiskey, neat. I will be right back with all of your drinks. Catherine goes and heads out of the sitting room and comes to grab some drinks. And about a minute later, she comes back and hands you all a drink and says, 
thank you very much for coming over. It's such short notice. I know Madame Blanca and Professor Livingston, you are acquaintances with Daniel. Um, have you, either of you, seen him recently in the past week or so? Uh, no, he uh, finished my class uh, last semester, and I have not seen him around the campus as he is uh, not, uh, you know, a history student per se. He was in one of my general classes. Okay, so he Catherine shakes her head and looks at Madame Blanca. He has not contacted me for advice or the reading in several weeks. She kind of shakes her head and takes a deep breath. That's what that's what I was thinking. Um, it's been a week or so since I've heard from Daniel. I don't know if he's had any discussions with you recently about some of the stress he's been having. He's been focusing a lot on thinking he's being watched or he's being followed. I'm sure, Madame Blanca, he may have asked you for some readings on this to see if, she, if you could give him any guidance, but he's actually been quite nervous recently and it's kind of fed on just the, um, the kind of mental state that he's been fighting over the past few years. He We've should moved. be nervous. A and why is that? I told him such. The last card reading, it was the hangman's noose. And I told him if he was not careful, he was going to walk right into it. Okay, so she, uh, she takes a step back and she sits down on a chair and says, he doesn't usually share as much of what is stressing him. But I know one of the main reasons we moved out here in the past year is we wanted to get out of the city. I thought it was having a detrimental effect on his well-being. Uh, he is a very, very artsy type of person. Uh, he's and wander, and he usually has lots of difficulty separating the real from the imagined. He's very creative, and that kind of bleeds over into his normal daily life. Has he mentioned anything to you, Madame Blanca, about being followed by rats or rat things that are always chasing him around? No, I do not ask him for information because it will change my readings. I do not want him to influence them. But who are we to say what is real and not when one person's mind? So she kind of shakes her head and looks at uh, Mr. Garrett and says, Mr. Garrett, have you heard anything recently about people going missing or... Have you gotten any calls from spouses looking for their husbands who haven't come come home in, you know, a few days? Well, people go missing all the time. Pretty common, less common in places like this. Okay, because I know Daniel had said that, that he thought there was something going on, that a lot of people were being taken or being followed or not returning home. And that was kind of weighing on I mean, him. Sounds like just about everyone else I investigate. Someone spends a couple of nights with someone else. That's most of what happens around here. You sure he didn't have anyone else that he's, uh, you know, sharing uh, quarters with. So she kind of smiles at that and says, Mr. Garrett, I have no worries about that. Daniel and I are very open with our lives 
Uh, he. Oh. Cheers. <laughs> Honestly, sir, I didn't. You know I didn't mean in that way, sir. I meant with the information. <laughs> so. Uh. So well, then says, I'm going to say it's just as likely that that's what's happening. I mean, I could take a look around, but I haven't seen anyone that's I, there's nothing reported. And if someone, he says a rat's chasing after him, I don't know. So you got gambling debts. There ain't much of a mafia around here, but if he owes someone, they'll find him. See, and that's what I was thinking that there was some kind of, root to this issue why he was focusing on rats like i said we moved out from the city uh in the past year because i thought maybe it was the fact that we were living in a kind of bohemian part of reston uh, a little bit more run down that seeing rats maybe started feeding into his imagination but where's the one rat amount gambling I, debts card games speakeasies Drinking, drinking your money away. Although it seems like a pretty nice house, so you gotta have some left over. There is, there is a local hotel he likes to go to. That, uh, I would assume may have some of those on offer. He definitely doesn't gamble. But the reason I said we are very open with our information is that Daniel has been known in the past to go away for a few days at a time. He uses that to go kind of decompress from all the stress he brings on himself with his creativity. He also gets a lot of work done when he goes away. So to make sure that he assuages my confidence or my gum, my confidence in him, he uh, is always very open with what he's doing and where he's going. So normally if he goes away for a few days at a time, I get a telegram every day from him telling me what he's working on and what he's doing. And the reason I have called you is because I haven't heard from him in over a week. So this is usually, this is actually something out of the ordinary for him. Him and I keep all of our dealings quite open. And I think Daniel goes over and above because he needs these kind of breaks for his own health and well-being. He just doesn't want to make sure that I would call someone on you thinking he was going out behind me, behind my back. Well, it's a very sensitive, uh, sensitive issue. And I, I, uh, the gentleman here is, is very, uh, very gruff and, and seems to be uh, someone who uh, would be uh, maybe loose-lipped. I, I understand that, that you are a private investigator, sir? Indeed. And I take issue with your besmirchment. Of my no, sir, I, just say I can also use big fancy college words. Thank you very much. Just because I tell it like it is doesn't mean I'm stupid. Well, your your Far sense of the proprietor, sir, sir, is is all I call into question. Uh, there is a certain way that we do things oh. down here, and uh, you, you just cannot besmirch besmirch a man's name. So Catherine speaks up and says, "Gentlemen, trust me, I have not taken offense to anything that Mister Garrett has said." I am quite confident in Daniel and I's relationship, and it would be the last thing I could think of that he would be stepping out on me. So there is no offense taken, and I am not the shrinking violet that most people would uh, deign to think I am. So she looks at uh, uh, Professor Livingston and says, uh, Professor, has there been anything specific in the last term 
when Daniel finished up with you that focused on, on any kind of mythology or specific time periods? Um, you know, as you can understand, I'm trying to, you know, piece out why he's been focused on this being followed or having rats trail him around everywhere. Um, he's not the Pied Piper, so I'm just trying to think if there was anything that you discussed in class that maybe stuck in his head that would lead him to think that. He, he inclines his head to her, you know, slightly. He's, uh, you know, I, I did not mean to, uh, to step on your toes. I, I just uh, wanted to, to, to defend your honor and the honor of your house. Uh, as we were discussing the, uh, the Greek mythologies and the, and the histories and gods and goddesses thereof, uh, he was uh, quite interested in, in some of the, uh, you know, lesser known gods. Uh, I don't remember specifically. I, I would have to pull up the paper to see uh, which uh, particular. He, he had requested to do a report that was a little outside of the normal what I, I would have required for class, but he seemed uh, quite enthused and, and wrote a very, uh, a very well thought out piece, I, I, I do believe. So you didn't see him acting strangely in class there wasn't anything he seemed to be affected by or that would um cause him to be anxious uh no nothing that that uh comes to mind he he of course was he was late to a few classes and uh some of his papers were were a little late uh but again i i know he is not a a history major himself uh so i took no offense to it uh and of course uh you know he he did well and and, and finished out uh you know with a fairly good grade Kevin, okay. may I do some kind of role to see if I recognize rats in some kind of occult nature or mythology and I'm such? Trying to think, is there mythology or history? There's a cult. Uh, I a definitely cult. have a racked up occult. Okay. <laughs> um, and also Cthulhu mythos, if that's probably not relevant, but. Well, I said, let's do a cult first for this okay. one, just uh, the generic, yep. And I missed it by one. Oh. If we're doing seventh edition, you can burn luck. So if you missed it by one, you can go ahead and burn your luck to, to make that a success. So oh, just yeah, I'll burn a cross that luck off. Yep. Got it. Done. So we're discussing specifically kind of rat focused kind of mythology. Mm-hmm. Is that what is that what the role was for? Yes. Okay. So I think the generic one is, like I said, the the, the first one is the Pied Piper. Uh, people are plagued by rats and someone comes in and takes them away. Uh, most mythology focuses on rats as being kind of a degradation of their surroundings or, you know, things aren't going very well. So there's lots of, uh, I guess, disease. And you know, so I guess the, the rat and kind of mythology speaks to like a, a decline or a, a loss of what was before, so it's not as good as it was before and everything's trying to go, or everything's starting to, 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 to degenerate um, from like a societal standpoint and also kind of from like a mental standpoint. So I guess you can tell from that role that if Daniel's focusing on rats and thinks rats are following him, either he thinks that he, he himself is kind of, there's some kind of degradation mentally or his surroundings or what he's been doing is degrading. But if you look around the house, you can kind of see he really doesn't have it too bad. It's not like he's, he's struggling. He's not in a flop house. You know, he has a, his wife living with him. He's in a new house outside of the city. So I think it more focuses on kind of the, 
the mental the mental side of it. Does he take any medication, Catherine? He does not. He tends to not believe in doing that because he thinks it or he believes it affects his creativity. So he has not seen any doctors and any kind of medication he would do would obviously be self-medication. So she kind of hesitates to say that because I'm assuming we're in a time period where self-medication isn't as easy over the counter as it would be. So she well, it'd be, looks... It would be opium. It would be, you know... Yeah, exactly. So she looks around and says, I obviously haven't called the authorities to help me with this. This is why I have brought Mr. Garrett in because Daniel tends to be a bit paranoid and I also don't want him to get in trouble for the things he does to assuage his nervous attitude uh, I, anything he does he does to kind of focus himself he's not I don't think he abuses anything so I'm not worried about him you know falling into a, a, a trap of decadence shall we say Madame Blanco but that is not what you have to worry about when you take these mind-altering drugs, you will open yourself to other things, things you cannot see, to other worlds and to other voices. Perhaps he has opened himself up too far. And this is why I think he has been going to you, because he was looking for someone to guide him on that path. If he thought he was getting into something he didn't understand, he wanted someone to guide him along a bit. How, I forget, how prevalent is, like, mesmerism and all that shit right now? Like, that's pretty much at the forefront of stuff, right? I think there's lots of yeah, theosophy like, groups. I think it's, like, super hot right now. I think yeah. that's, like, the this is, like, the pinnacle of fucking, like, mysticism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, I, I don't know how yeah. Livingston would think about it. I, I probably should have figured that out before we played. <laughs> <laughs> I would think you would probably think it's all a bunch of balderdash, but... <laughs> <laughs> I would say probably, probably, because he's, he's a historian and man of science. So, so I, all of a sudden, Catherine kind of pulls a handkerchief out of her sleeve and says, "I'm, I'm terribly sorry to uh, to drag you into this, and also, well, let's just say it's like the week leading up to Thanksgiving. I'm trying to think of a, a reason for her to get out of town on on a holiday week to drag you into this, and also the fact that." I need to I need to go to Annapolis to visit my father for Thanksgiving. He has not been doing well and his doctor told me this may be the last holiday I have with him. So she kind of wipes her nose and wipes her eyes a bit. I know the condition of my father has also been weighing on Daniel. So I don't know if that's also added to his stress level and his anxiety. This may seem a bit awkward, but I'm waiting for my bus, I guess. Yeah, my bus trip to Annapolis to be with my father. As you could all understand, uh, I'd like to spend my father's last remaining days with him. Uh, if I could be so forward to say any investigations you would need to do around the house looking through Daniel's papers. Um, 
I'm, I'm quite happy to leave the key with, to the house with you gentlemen and lady. Um, I would also feel more comfortable if someone was here in case Daniel does come back while I'm away. Uh, does he know that you are planning on spending some time with your father? Yes, that was part of the plan that we would be spending the Thanksgiving week with my father. He knew my father's health had been deteriorating, but I did just get a call the other day from his doctor saying that it was going a lot more rapidly than we expected. Uh, the stress on me kind of fed itself into Daniel, so I think that also played into a heightening of his agitation over the past month or so. I can't help but feel that a bit of this, you know, kind of maybe pushed him over the edge. And I would just feel much better if someone was here in case he did come back. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I, it is the worst time for this to happen. I know no one is to blame. Daniel is not to blame. And obviously my father is not to blame. But I, I, would, I would feel more comfortable if someone was here just in case in between your investigations. Uh, is there any chance that he uh, went on ahead to uh, check on your father? I have called my father. No, he is not there. Um, I've tried to not bring any undue worries to my father at this time, so I've not told him that I think Daniel has gone missing. I've just asked him if maybe Daniel was showing up as a surprise. And my father says he's no, he is not in Annapolis. When exactly is the last time you saw him? So let's say this is a Sunday. Um, I saw him last Saturday night. He said he was going to head out to the Sunflower Hotel. That is the place he likes to go for the aforementioned self-medication uh, he has uh, friends there, a friend there at least that he goes and talks to. Uh, he does a bit of work there also. If he um, if he needs to get out of the house to do a bit of drawing, he'll end up going to the Sunflower and just have um, some drinks and some coffee and a bite to eat with the bartender and do a bit of drawing there. And so that was last Sunday, or last Saturday was the last I see him. So it's been a week and a day. Catherine, if we are to investigate this, um, we will require some funds right up front to help us with our investigation. If we are to go to the Sunflower, we cannot go as paupers. Let's see what we can roll for that. Because I'm assuming you guys are going to need some, and then she's also hired Mr. Garrett. So and Henry looks like, I can't believe you just asked that question. <laughs> My credit rating is 5%. I'm asking that question. <laughs> no, so, it's legit, wow. but he would be like... I thought I was poor. <laughs> I send my money to Romania. So if, if, if Professor Livingston looks around and gives a look... Uh, I say! Professor Livingston, I am quite happy to help out in any way I can. Uh, the Lord has blessed Daniel with having steady work as you can see around you, we have been very lucky. Nothing is more important to me than my Daniel. So I will gladly give you some money to 
spend around asking questions and finding out anything you can about Daniel. Mr. Garrett, obviously, we've, um, I'm assuming, you know, we've discussed um, some rates before. So anything that Madame Blanca would spend uh, on this would be separate from the fees we've already discussed between you and I. Of course, I'm a professional. <laughs> so I think, um, Danny, let's make a, I'm trying to think of a good role to see. Oh, don't let it be credit. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, because that's what you, how good of a how good like of a fast talk or persuasion. Oh, I have we could high fast talk or charm. Charm, let's do charm. Okay. Do, 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 do. I'm kind of a one trick pony. I can uh, con and ride. <laughs> um, I made it by two. Okay, so uh, Catherine looks over and says, uh, "Madame Blanca, Daniel's always spoken very highly of you. I'm quite confident that." whatever I give you would definitely be used for the ends that we have discussed and anything over and above what I give you for the work you can, um, you can keep for yourself. Cause I'm sure Daniel has uh, partaken of your, uh, your talents quite a bit recently. And I don't, I don't know how much uh, he has uh, given back, but I'm quite happy to, uh, to let that, uh, be a, a payment for services rendered in the past. So I'm just trying to think of the total for 1920s. Let's just say she gives you $50. I guess that's good for walking around money and seed money. And then also as a payment. And then I guess it's say for Mr. Garrett, she um, she's discussed with you maybe a hundred dollars for, um, for your services. Uh, his standard rate is, $10 a day plus expenses. Okay. So I think she would say she's expecting, she'll be gone for the week, obviously, of the holiday. So she'll say, you know, I've paid you the $10 a day for the for the week coming up, um, then plus expenses. And then obviously, if you've found anyone a day, then that would be, you know, quite, to my liking and anything over and above that, you know, would be my appreciation for finding Daniel. So I think, you know, that's, if that's $70 for the week and then $30 for expenses, I guess that works out pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I figure it works like my spending level at what I have is like 10 bucks. My cash is 28. My assets are 700. So that's a pretty good, I feel like 70 bucks is a pretty good paycheck for the, for the week back then. Okay. So I'm just trying to think. So she, Catherine's kind of thrown a lot of stuff at you saying that, you know, her husband is, is every once in a while disappears for a couple of days at a time, but always stays in contact. Uh, he's been gone for a week. She hasn't notified, you know, the police. She's called uh, Mr. Garrett and she's actually going to go head out for a week now. So does anybody have psychology maybe? Do you want to roll just to see if, I do. Yeah, do psychology role against Catherine. All right, I will do that. I will also ask her: um, Has uh, has he ever been gone for this long before? You said that he, uh, you know, will will occasionally uh, disappear for a little while. Absolutely not, Professor Livingston. If he goes away, he usually stays away for two or three days at a time. And like I said, during that time, he's always in contact. He'll send a telegram telling me what he's working on and 
he uses those time away, those two or three days, maybe a weekend to get away just as a decompression, just to get away from the city and life, just to kind of focus on himself. He doesn't worry, have to worry about uh, anything around the house or anything at work at the newspaper or any kind of commission. So it's just a time for him to get away and be by himself. It's never been this long ever. Oh, I, I understand. Uh, I got a 34 out of 40. Okay. From from what she's saying, like I said, it feels like a really weird kind of setting that her husband goes away and spends time away and now she needs to be away. But from from what you can see, she is completely honest. There's no There's no hidden kind of meaning to what she's saying. Her husband is a bit of uh, an eccentric. She loves him for it. He's good at his job, so she gives him the space she he needs to uh, kind of center himself and kind of get away from. I was going to say rat race, but we <laughs> he's been followed by rat. Get away <laughs> from the hustle and bustle of of life. Uh, so she she she's a woman who who's afraid for her husband. He's been away longer than he normally has, and she's a bit. Uh, she's definitely has some grief and upset that her husband or her father is not doing well and she needs to spend this holiday with him. So it, everything seems very legit. It seems weird that she's asking you guys to find her husband while she's away and you're quite welcome to rifle through his stuff in the house. But I think she has a trust in you guys, uh, Professor and Madame Blanca, just from your relationships with Daniel. Obviously, Mr. Gary, you're professional, and she's paid you, so she's expecting you to do kind of kind of what your job is. So everything kind of pans out. Everything seems to be – I mean, no, everything is kind of on an, on the up and up for what she's telling you. And, and that seems kind of like what he would expect, right? So, you know, given the time frame that, you know, she's supporting her husband – regardless of what he's doing or not yeah. doing like all, like all that stuff pans out of him like he's got a roof overhead he's taking care of her regardless of her of his eccentricities so yeah he's he's you know comfortable and for the, and for the time period you know it i guess to be you know the husband going off and saying yeah i'm going away for a bit i'll see you when i come back i'm sure that happened quite a bit yeah as, yeah. Uh, as mr garrett was saying there's usually reasons for that but I think uh, Daniel and Catherine's relationship, um, you know, she is definitely a, a support for him. She's a rock for him to keep him kind of focused and, you know, kind of grounded. Um, so he is very open and honest with his wife. He shares everything, all his information, all what he's doing. So for the time, it is kind of a not the expected relationship where, you know, there is kind of co-equal or, you know, codependent kind of thing that they're one, one doesn't lean more on the other. If anything, uh, you know, Catherine kind of supports Daniel on the home front more than the stereotypical twenties wife kind of would, you know, she's kind of his, his rock that, you know, he kind of relies on. Okay. Um, do they have any servants or anything or no? No, it's just that. So that's why she's saying she, she said she feels a bit, it is an awkward request, but um, I, I I would feel more comfortable if someone was here. Um, maybe if if it takes more than a few days to find Daniel, if you wanted to take turns, just we have very comfortable couches in the sitting room, and there's a you know a spare room when my father used to come visit. You're all more than you know. You're more than welcome to use that. Um, I just 
feel like if Daniel comes back, I'd feel happy if someone was here um, when he got back to tell him that I've missed him and I've been searching for him and let him know what, what's been going on. Of course. Now, Catherine, before you leave, though, I must ask one thing. Yes, please ask. She takes out a tarot deck and she says, cut the deck, please. Okay. So she looks at it. She's not dismissive because she obviously knows that um, Daniel comes to you quite a bit. This is obviously something she's never done, but um, she she will shake her head and say, absolutely, and she will cut the deck. Okay. And Madame Blanca puts it back and shuffles it all fancy-like and spreads the cards on a table. So pick a card, close your eyes and pick one. Does it call to you? Okay. So do we wanna, do we, you wanna roll something or do you want me to roll something for that? I just rolled something and I legit have you. And she flips over the card and it is the devil. Okay. Legit. And she looks at her and says, uh, Madame Blanca looks at her and says, You, things are about to change drastically. Prepare yourself. Drastically in a good way or a bad way, Madame Blanca? I could not tell you that. I do not know you well enough to interpret the sign. Do you get any feel from my proximity to Daniel, or is this just focused on me? I don't know, Kevin. What do I feel? <laughs> <laughs> or I can just make it up as I go. Uh, I'm just, I'm saying, so, uh, you know, Catherine pulled the card, it's a devil, you're saying things are going to change, is it, this is specifically Catherine's reading, not anything to do with Daniel, right? It could, it is Catherine's reading, but it could be influenced by everything, including the house you're in. So I will, so Catherine says, if things are going to change, hopefully I will think they're going to change for the better. Uh, Maybe this time away for Daniel, maybe this is a break in the trouble and the stress he's been having in the past, maybe this will be turning over a new leaf for him. So I'm going to think positively about this, Madam Blanca. Thank you very much. Think positive and do not live in the fear and do not let the world bind you. And that is my advice to you. Thank you very much. Henry just kind of like harumphs. <laughs> Confucius say, beware the future. <laughs> right talk. Uh, indeed, I, all this uh, uh, mesmerism and, and, and gobbledygook uh, has no place in the modern world. I, you know, we are men of science, men of, of, of business and, and fortune. Men of Look, I don't think we agree on much, but uh, I'm shooting straight with you there, buddy. You ah, shall indeed. see. Uh, well, if you've well, been uh, with Madame Blanca long enough, you will see things you never thought possible. I, Lady, I declare. I've seen it all. He's between the two of them. He just looks completely <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> he awkwardly takes a drink of the of the mint julep with the glasses, the ice tinkling in the glass, just kind of like doo, 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 doo. <laughs> So are we really stuck here? Uh is it the same character or out of character? <laughs> <laughs> I think right, has she left yet? No, she's not. So um, I, I think I think the the fact that, you know, she was saying that you guys could stay or she would want someone to stay, I think that's more for her saying, I have to go. I can't really give you any more information about Daniel. You know, all his papers and all his stuff is in his office, so you're more than welcome to go go through that. 
And I think, she, like you said, she just wanted to, she just wanted to have someone here in case Daniel showed up. She didn't want him coming back to an empty house with her not here. Cause obviously if he, if he's been gone for a week, she thinks obviously there's something that's affected him more than normal and she's not here to help him. She has to go. So that's why she was saying she would appreciate it. If, if someone, like I said, if, if, if it feels weird for the professor, or Madame Blanca to stay, obviously Mr. Garrett is a PI. He's been paid to do this. He can always hang out. And, well, he, he was actually going to say, well, if you, if I have access to the pantry and obviously a key to the liquor cabinet, it will save quite a bit on your expense bills. So Daniel's been known to uh, partake. He has friends that um, that are quite good at um, keeping secret on medicinal remedies. So you you're more than welcome to to have them the the keys in the the cabinet already. <laughs> All right, Cheers. Uh, I was going to say Henry, uh, you know, says to her. Um, uh, if you could uh, please just uh, uh, jot out a little note that we that we could have, uh, so he is not completely surprised to find uh, a bunch of strangers in the house. Uh, if he were to actually uh, come home of his own accord, uh, that way we can show him that and assure him that uh, that you are indeed safe and you have gone on to uh, care for your sick father. Absolutely, Professor. So she goes over to her writing desk and picks up some stationery and writes a letter to Daniel saying she's very worried about him. Uh, she didn't know what to do. She needed to go to Annapolis to see her father. So she's called in some of the people in his life that he has told her in the past that, uh, that are close to him. So obviously Madame Blanca and Professor Livingston. And she's also hired Mr. Garrett to kind of work any leads he could see so if there's a guy raiding the mini bar, that's that's who that is, and that's quite right. She's given her permission for that, so she goes and she writes that out and hands it to Professor. Hopefully, Professor, this um, this will be enough, uh, or this will be satisfactory for what you ask. Um, like I said, Daniel knows you, and he knows Madame Blanca, so I I'm assuming his state of mind right now, if he's gone for this long, he knows that I will be searching for him so he would be um not surprised if some friendly faces uh were here when he comes back all right thank you very much okay so if unless there's anything else you guys want to ask Catherine, she's gonna go i'm assuming there's buses in the 20s right so she's gonna go head down she's called for a taxi to take her to I mean, the I'm sure there are otherwise it'd probably be a train most likely but our train yeah that makes sense so she's she's gonna head to the train station so she looks over and says thank you all very much um i very i, I really appreciate this daniel will appreciate it i'm sure you're doing me uh, a service i want my daniel back so she heads out to the door she hands uh, uh mr garrett the key uh she shakes um Madame Blanca's hand, and so she goes out the front door and heads off to the train station. Unless there was something specifically you wanted to ask her before she goes. I, I don't think so. I'm not, I don't. I mean, when she I stood asked, up. I asked her everything I needed to ask. Yep. Where yep. the booze is, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, when was the last time you saw him? Always start with the last, like, come on, guys. <laughs> I listen to true crime stories all the time. <laughs> Uh, Livingston would have stood when she stood, 
he would have, you know, bowed, kissed her hand, you know, as she left. <laughs> That's you what know. I was thinking. He, he's got a white suit on, you know, buttoned up. Whole Very thing. tall thin, yeah. Chuck yeah. kind of glances over uncomfortably when you do that, and, and then he's like, uh, yeah, and then he stands up <laughs> and kind of like straightens his very, sort of ill-fitting, a little too tight suit rumpled. at this point. <laughs> so it's definitely rumpled and a little too tight. Awesome. Okay. So, um, Madam Blanco, is there anything you wanted to ask before um, Catherine left? No, all set. Thank you, though. Okay. So Catherine's going to go head out. Let's just say this is, you know, late morning, early afternoon, maybe around lunchtime. So uh, you guys were in the sitting room. You've had, you know, each of you have had drink a mint julep, a whiskey, and a vodka. Um, you do notice on a side table there are some cucumber sandwiches, I guess like some little lunchtime sandwiches that uh, Catherine left behind. Um, so the house itself is, you know, there's a sitting room out front and you walk through a hallway and there's a kitchen in the back and then, um, upstairs is a bedroom and then an, an office. So I guess that would be Daniel's office where he does his work. So, you know, Catherine did say you're more than welcome to go, you know, look at Daniel's, Daniel's stuff to see if there's anything you can find. Uh, she was hoping that. You know, there would be something you guys could find that maybe she didn't have time to find. So you're more than welcome to go rifle through the cucumber sandwiches in Daniel's office if you want. So I I think uh, Livingston would 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 turn to Madame Blanca and be like, well, I I suppose that you will uh, uh, wander about the house and try to get impressions to see if you can find out where Daniel may be. Uh, I will head off to the uh, to the studio to uh, investigate and see what uh, type of things he was working on. There might be some important papers that we can actually discern some information from. There is much to be discerned. Yes. he, He just turns and goes. Or he will wander, I guess. I don't unless you pointed it out. I guess he's just kind of like looking down and like up the hallway and you know trying to find out what you know what looks like a study or studio or office or whatever. Yeah, let's say let's say Catherine before she left just said you know upstairs you know in the back is the kitchen and upstairs is Daniel's study his office uh, where all his stuff is. So you know you're more than welcome to go up and. So how many rooms are there? Is there just kitchen? Like pantry, sitting area, bedroom. some bedroom, a number of bedrooms. So it's a uh, sitting area in the front, then you know, a hallway to the back. I mean, sitting area and dining room kind of in the front, you know, yeah. how they do that with the hallway. Then there's the kitchen and the pantry in the back. Uh, let's say there's some steps going up back near the kitchen. So upstairs would be, you know, the bathroom, the shower, uh, the main bedroom, obviously Daniel and Catherine's bedroom. Then she did say there was a, a spare room that. Catherine's father used when he came to stay. So there's two bedrooms. There's a spare room and then the master, you know, the main bedroom. And then another room, which has been converted into an office. So there's no basement. There's no, you know, anything. I guess would there be a coal cellar, I guess? But yeah, so that's just a, the basic setup with maybe a basement that's just kind of like a coal cellar for the, the coal that comes in for heating. Okay. Yeah, he would he would head upstairs then to the, uh, to the study. Okay. okay, out of out of character, how independent are we going to be during this game? I should have asked this beforehand. 
for the, the three of you together? Yeah, well, I mean, as a character, I know what I would be doing. Okay. But I don't want to be a dick. So, well, it's your I'm character. Try- like, I think my character, well, yeah, but I think my character would be like, I don't fucking care what, I don't want to dick around with art or spooks or anything. I'm going to go to the hotel and talk to the, I'm going to the last place she knew he was going. And I'm going to talk to those people, but I don't want to like not take you guys with me for if it's like an important thing. <laughs> well, do you right? want to like bring it up? So, like, you know, if uh, Madame Blanc is kind of like looking around doing her thing and then like, all right, I'm going upstairs. You're like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah, in a less nice way, but yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. Um, yeah, so he, like, I, you guys are kind of like talking a little bit. I walk out, I walk back from the kitchen with another glass of whiskey <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm not going to dick around with some paintings or whatever the hell he has up there or impressions or whatever you do. No offense. Sounds like the hotel's the first lead. That's the only thing we know. That's where he goes. That's where he went. Someone had to have seen him. So I think that's where I'm going to go. Well, well, no offense. I am the professional. Well, in, indeed, and you, and you carry yourself, uh, you know, as such, as we can tell. Uh, but would you not to like, like to get a sense of the man to see uh, what it is that you are uh, trying to investigate of? There, there could be, uh, maybe he left a note in the office that she just did not see that we would easily find and can solve this mystery. Oh, and like, before you finish your, your second glass of whiskey. Uh, he literally just... He just downs the glass, sets it on the counter hard. Look, there's only one thing I've learned about all men in my years. There's three things they do. Eat, sleep, and fuck. And that's what you do at the hotel. That's where I think we need to go. He just, he, it's like you slapped him. That You would say that in front of <laughs> Madame Blanca. <laughs> Uh, well, if you could just possibly wait just a moment while I go and investigate the study. I'm sure if he is already missing, that uh, a few more moments will not make the difference. He kind of huffs a bit, looks over, sees the cucumber sandwiches. He grabs like three of them in his hand. <laughs> Lead the way, Professor, because I'm sure you're going to miss something. You know, those little glasses and all. I've got eyes like a hawk, so I'm not going to miss anything. Indeed. And he kind of, like, adjusts his glasses. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, do the, like, overly fancy lead the way. (laughs) You know, and he stomps up the stairs. (laughs) Perhaps by the time this is done, you will open your third eye and see more than your human eyes can see. I, 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 I would... Hope that we would able to see with our regular eyes and be able to solve this as quickly as possible. Uh, the company is is uh, less than compelling. I find him refreshing. None of these um, polite bullshit everybody has. <laughs> I'll tell you what, she's growing on me, Professor. <laughs> he, he just walks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, you're gonna go up to the. To Daniel's study studio. Study. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it's you know there's a, a desk there. 
um, I guess a drawing pad, I guess would be, you know, just the, you know, the big 11 by 17, maybe paper, um, a bookshelf, uh, you know, lots of drawings everywhere. So, you know, you can see on the walls, there's lots of pictures that he's drawn for the newspaper, like I said before. So I'm trying to think of an equivalent. Was it like the Wall Street Journal always has? They don't have pictures. They actually have like drawings of the reporters or, you know, things. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you the, know, yeah. So instead of, not characters, but instead of, you know, an actual picture of someone who's reporting or the courthouse or, you know, Washington, D.C., if it's a, a national story, it's, you know, it's all drawings of it instead of the pictures. So... That's kind of what Daniel does. You see those all across the wall, uh, you know, hanging with also maybe some of the actual, not proofs, but, you know, the original drawings and then also, you know, maybe the newspapers themselves that they showed up in for the for the local Reston Gazette or whatever, you know, what it is, you know, hanging on the walls. Um, in the bookshelves, there's, you know, lots of books in there. And then obviously on his desk itself, there's you know, a drawing pad, uh, a few drawing pads, uh, you know, with, you know, different kinds of, you know, different stages of drawings in it. Okay. I'm about to say something very 1920s that does not reflect upon myself. So, uh, Henry, you, you know this man. Uh, he, he draws and does this art stuff. Is he also homosexual? I wonder if when it be important to our investigation. Uh, I, I could say that I, I am not sure the man's uh, sexual orientation. Uh, he was in one of my, my larger uh, general classes. Uh, my my contact with him was was uh, agreeable, but uh, you know somewhat limited. He was uh, uh, you know very interested in certain aspects of of history and uh, things like that. Uh, I cannot say that I uh, ever caught him in a, a, a coital situation, as it were. So, John, do you have um, do you have psychology? I do. Okay, go ahead. Roll psychology. All right. Uh, 35 out of 40. Okay. So, you know, you know, Daniel, you know, obviously from the classes and you've maybe gone out for drinks every once in a while on the download. You've gone out for coffee, maybe. Really down. Yeah. Not on the real DL. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You're like, no, no, he isn't. (laughs) Damn it. I keep forgetting it's prohibition. No. So. So say it's like 1919. Yeah, I forget that, and then, yeah, everyone's, like, drinking. Stupid friggin' prohibition. No, so, (laughs) you know Daniel is artsy for the time, and, you know, that would obviously be taken a certain way, Madame Blanca, but I think think Daniel's artsiness and all that manifests as in he's just, he's a nervous person, he's eccentric in his own way, um, but that is not, yeah, so him and Catherine are, very loving. Uh, like I said, they're, they are a team. Um, so that, that, that wouldn't be part of it. Um, I was trying to think of a role that, that Neil could do. Do you have anything like psychology or anything, Neil? I mean, I, I have psychology, um, but I'm not sure. I'm just trying to think of an an investigation thing you could do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, outside of, like on the on her or him, like on Catherine or Daniel. Yeah. No, I, mean, I guess I not. Like, yeah, because you're you know you you're someone that was hired. Um, I, you know you don't. Yeah, I mean I could roll with psychology. Um, 
it's not great, but I have it. Yeah, let's go ahead and roll and see. <laughs> so, you I know, mean, that is lines. psychology, not my strong suit. My strong suit's finding people. <laughs> so I have a lot of those skills. Yeah, uh, nah, not, not even close. Okay, so, you know, Professor Livingston tells Madame Blanca, no, he's just, you know, he's a, uh, he's just a, uh, yeah, exactly. He's a very nervous person. He's very creative. Um, and obviously, Mr. Garrett just says, well, it's, you know, up for debate. I've, you know, I've talked to the wife and there's lots of drawings and stuff around here. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not too, I'm not too sure about it. But obviously, from, you know, from the professor's role, he's uh, an acquaintance. He just he's kind of a, a nervous, artsy guy. So there's two things I would like. To do. First, I would like to look to see. Not so much of the newspaper stuff, like the things that specifically look like they were drawn for work to Mm -hmm. see if there's anything that shows rats or tunnels or darkness, whether it's, you know, something that's either hanging on the wall or just like thumbing through his notebooks to see if there's anything that sort of is expressive of, you know, his mental state at the moment. Okay, so one of the one of the art books, you know, one of the flip books, has you know just kind of drawings, like I said, that would be kind of in his his line of work is, you know, uh, a drawing of the governor, a drawing of the mayor, city hall, whole police station, things like that. On another pad, um, this one looks like it's a bit more beat up, so you know it's something that's been kept for a while. It's not something that that he uses for work that he goes through quite a bit. It's something that's been around with him for a while. So if you look through that, you can see at the beginning, you know, there's kind of fanciful drawings maybe of, you know, of, of rats. So, you know, like I said, we've brought it up before the, you know, the Pied Piper. So there's the, you know, that kind of mythical, uh, a Piper dancing through the streets with rat behind him. Um, So then it turns into maybe, I'm trying to think of the time for theater or movies, even newspaper comics. So kind of comical rats. So, you know, the gangster rat or, you know, the, the rat at the time usually was, you know, a joke for someone who lives in the city. So, you know, has a, has a suit on and a cigar or things like that. So as you're going through this pad, this beaten up, you know, drawing pad, you can see kind of a progression of, um, you know, kind of fanciful, artistic kind of comical rats but the more it goes along you see it more as you know more descriptive so actually more lifelike so drawings of rats and you have yeah you have history don't you john i do so go ahead and have uh professor livingston roll a history all right watch me fail this one this is one of the higher ones uh what time is it Nope, 43 out of 50. I'm just making everything. (laughs) Okay, so like I said, as it goes along, you kind of see a progression from, you know, the fanciful or, you know, the comical to more, you know, almost lifelike and descriptive. So then you get to a point where you see something, you know, it's a drawing of a whole bunch of rats kind of together and all their tails are twisted together in the middle. Um, So... Madame Blanca, you have mythology, don't you? Uh, Cthulhu mythology, yes. Or mythos. Or do you have a cult? Or do you have have a cult? cult. Okay, go ahead and roll cult. A cult. Uh, There we go. 
Oh, yes, made it by like 25. Okay, so you see the, you know, this this drawing, uh, Professor Livingston sees this drawing of a whole bunch of rats kind of jumped together or jumbled together, all their tails twisted up. And then there's a kind of a rat that sits in the middle of it. it looks a bit more worse for wear, but it's sitting on the top of the tails where all are twisted up. And obviously the professor realizes that this is um, a drawing of the Rat King. And then Madame Blanca knows that the Rat King is something from a cult of lots of people in the Middle Ages who lived in cities were always saying that, you know, they would see Rat Kings were harbingers of, of bad times to follow. Um, seemed like a giant pile of rats all twisted together and always the eldest or the leader rat always kind of sat in the middle of it. So that's kind of what you see towards the end of, you know, the end of this pad of drawings. Well, this is very interesting. I, I don't see a, a progression of the man's mind here. Uh, you, you, you see this, uh, 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 what's your name again? I, I forgot. Me? Mr. Garrett, M- Mr. P- Mr. Garrett. Yes, that, that's it. Uh, you, you see, you, you can uh, understand the man by looking at his things as opposed to just beating your feet all around the town. Yeah, we'll see what happens when we get to the hotel, Professor. In, indeed, we shall. You see this this larger rat right here. This represents the Rat King, which is a Middle Ages um Harbinger of bad times and plagues and evil. Uh, what did he do his paper on? I, I don't know. Kev, what, what would he have done his paper on? I don't know. <laughs> you, said, you said he kind of was taking like the 101 level kind of history. Yeah, so it was like this- ancient to modern. So it was it was a, gr- a paper on Greek thing. But I don't think there's any specific like Greek. rat no. mythology. But, well, let's just say this. So you're in the South. You're a southern gentleman. You maybe he did a paper on, you know, Civil War battles and you know the what what the average soldier had to deal with when he was you know in a Civil War battle. So it was uh, almost instead of you know history is always the big man of history. It's always the gen you know Lee and Grant. That was the kind of the focus always of what history at the time. So maybe. Daniel twisted it around and said, well, let's focus on the hardships of the, the average union or, you know, Confederate soldier kind of thing. So, you know, the depredations of, you know, the battlefield and trying to live day by day, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that kind of fits in with living in the South and you being a Southern gentleman kind of thing. Sure. Um, all right. So he's like, um, as I recalled, it was a it was a paper on the on the Civil War, but it was a uh, from the from the perspective of our valiant soldiers and, and the and the depredations that they had to go through and the uh, uh, piles of bodies and limbs and, and such. It was a it was a it was a rather grim paper, but uh, it may it may have mentioned the the uh, the, the conditions and the and the rats uh, as they would uh, you know feed on the on the parts at the civil war hospitals it was a very very nasty business uh, uh, our level of medicine is uh, is uh, much better now than it was before they just would hack the limbs off and stack them like cordwood is a terrible terrible time the ghosts that must haunt those fields are must be incredible the amount uh yes i'm i'm sure there there probably are many uh, restless spirits okay so you guys are looking at that um 
I'm assuming it's Madame Blanca and Professor Livingston are looking at the the art. Um, Mr. Garrett's probably not looking at the flipbook other than maybe just over his shoulder or when he's rifling. Yeah, I'm looking for any like personal journals or notes or hidden okay. like, like hidden compartments, things he might not have wanted people to find. Yep. So before we go to Mr. Garrett, let's have so Professor Livingston and Madame Blanca are flipping through this book and obviously they know Daniel they have a relationship with Daniel and they're, they're flipping through this book. So obviously the, the, the art goes from kind of, you know, the whimsical the comical to then things like the Pied Piper and the rat King. That's more kind of mythical. And then it kind of gets into drawings that aren't very defined. So they're, they're kind of rough drawings. So that, you know, it, it looks like kind of rats or, you know, a city center or a rundown building, but it's not very defined. It's very I'm trying to think of the right word. So it, it's almost like it's chalk drawings, but it's not very, you know, it's very hazy and things like that. So, like I said, there is a progression you can see of going from the very clearly defined to the rest of it. And so since you guys are, you know, your acquaintances with him, you know him, why don't we have a sand check for both of you? So, so just for that's in character. I'm even cucumber sandwich. I'm not. It's a biscuit. What is it with this guy and the fucking rats? <laughs> and so we, as like with everything else, we want to roll under our sanity. Correct. All right, roll the fourteen. My sanity seventy five. So I didn't so, get it. That's oh, sixty three out of sixty. So fourteen out of seventy five. Five, that's an extreme, so you lose zero. Uh, John, uh, Professor Livingston, roll 1d3. Uh, uh, so it would be two. Okay. So I do one, one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So like find three. <laughs> so, Don't miss. Well, like I said, this isn't, you know, so this is a loss of sand, not because of the drawings. They're not you know, crazy or hideous or anything. It's just the fact that you can see someone who's a friend of yours, an acquaintance, you can kind of see a, a deterioration, a degradation of kind of his talents or maybe his mindset. You can see this, this pad has been with him for quite a while. He's, you know, he's drawn on it over quite a bit of time. And so, you know, it's just a, a loss of, you know, you can see Daniel is suffering and, you know, he's starting to, uh, you know, feel a bit, a bit worse for himself. His mindset's going down. So that's why you lost the sanity. So he, he shudders a little bit and he's like that poor man. Okay. So Mr. Garrett, how about you make a, is it spot hidden? Yeah. There's no search or anything. It's just spot hidden, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So, you know, Mr. Garrett's looking around the desk, obviously not the art stuff. He's just looking at the inkwell and, some of the other scattered notes around on the desk. So go ahead and we'll spot in. Not doing well today. Way <laughs> over. Okay. So on the desk, you know, there's no hidden compartments or anything like that. You do see scribbled notes of, you know, kind of his diary, uh, you know, his work schedule meetings he has. Um, but you do see a matchbook. So it wouldn't be a match. It'd be a matchbook or so. Obviously, with the, the name of the Sunflower Hotel on it, um, inside of that just says Nick, so N-I-C-K, inside uh, of the matchbook for the Sunflower Hotel. Interesting. 
Looks like maybe we have a name to go with the place. I flip the matchbook around in my fingers. Ah, good work, Mr. Garrett. Shall mm. we be on then? After yep. you. Indeed. Actually, it's like, ladies first. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get going. But that's to both of you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. So have you guys, we'll have you guys call, say, call a taxi because you're, you're not Is within one. I think I have probably have a driver, right? My credit rating is 60, so I'm okay. what? somewhat wealthy. <laughs> oh, he what? Oh. He comes from old money. This is the South, man. They have the big old fucking plantation house and shit. I was you like, Jesus Christ. Who, what fucking professor makes. Yeah, that's like definitely wealthy. I mean, it's not like super rich, but that's pretty good. Yeah, Madame some, Blanc, Blanc, he gives you side eye and. Kind of gives you a half wink, right? <laughs> Credit rating sixty. So, so they go down outside, and 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 the driver's just like standing outside the car. He's been waiting all this time, and he was like, okay. "After you." For motions for you two to get into the car. Get it? Yeah, I'll take a seat. Oh, gee, what's the driver's name? Be I don't even know. He doesn't even care. He was <laughs> just well, Wilson? Yeah, there you go. All right, Wilson, uh, we need to uh, take this small party down to the... Uh, he's looking at his, his... I guess he maybe scratched some fucking nose. I can't. To the Sunflower Hotel, please. We have an appointment. Okay. Um, anything you say, sir. So it's a Sunday. Let's say... So you met late morning, early afternoon. So let's just say it's you know, 2 or 3 o'clock. Uh, the Sunflower Toe Hotel, let's say, does 2 o'clock brunch? Is that a good brunch time or that's lunch? So let's say you're having high tea. So it's not a really fancy place, but they kind of, you know, they kind of gussy it up a bit. So you can go. Um, they're open. It is, um, it's in the city itself. It's not the fanciest place in the world, but, um, you know, it's, it's respectable enough for, you know, Professor Livingston to go in and, and then obviously it would be somewhere where Mr. Garrett could go whack back a few slugs of whiskey and Madame Blanca can go uh, to meet if she has any, um, any clients, you know, they can, they can meet up there. So it's kind of a, a hodgepodge. It's, it's not super fancy and it's not like a super rundown working man's club or anything. So I, I would would there be any conversation in the car, or would it just be kind of like riding in silence? Do you think? Garrett would be more, just kind of like all business. He's, he doesn't he's just, unless he's asked something, he just is silent. Okay, so so then I, I think you know Henry would would turn to uh, to uh, Madame Blanca at some point and be like, "Do you uh, do you believe the things that you tell your clients?" Of course I do. It's the truth. And, and are you dressed up like full Romani or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. With, with a little like 20s fashionable spin because I got to make it in the houses, but yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I, I, th- I believe that uh, science can disprove uh, most of the, of the things that you believe in, no? The science cannot disprove what I have seen and spoken with. I shall show you after this is all said and done. 
do you have uh, anybody you miss that is uh, well of course i mean we all you know miss people over the the time of our lives uh, you know we're all here for un unfortunately too short a time together i will prove it to you then we will speak with somebody that has passed that you miss uh, to my own detriment i will prove to you make you a believer oh well, there's no no uh, reason to put yourself in harm's way for you to, uh, for my benefit. That is the price for my gift. I am always in harm's way. Uh, that doesn't seem like too much of a gift then now, does it? Nah. Uh, what you see as a curse, I have blessed with. If you believe so, then it will make it so, I suppose. He pulls out a handkerchief, blots his head. <laughs> depends how much people pay, how much truth they want to get. And she gives you a wink. Ah, see, I knew there was some trick to it. Grieving Widow's uh, uh, willing to pay a whole lot more, I suppose, and uh, you, you set them right by telling them exactly what they want to hear. If they pay the right price, they will hear what their past ones want them to hear. So... You guys um, can show up there right around um, high tea lunchtime. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.